This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, today is a uh, a great show, great podcast. Uh, Kind of fell apart there at the end. Just a simple question for Stu. And uh, wow, did we go off? I mean, I I was looking for Border Patrol to kind kind of whip him back into place there for a while. Um, we talked to Dan Crenshaw um, about the border and so much more. COVID-19 uh, is a topic and the changing American landscape and economy, which is basically the show that we have happening tonight at uh, 9 o'clock. You don't want to miss. Uh, it, it is America being changed into Venezuela. Don't miss that 9 o'clock on Blaze TV. Right after a brand new Stu oh, Does America. Yeah. Subscribe, yeah, rate, and review. All right. Thank you so much. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Do you have any reaction to the Border Patrol agents using horse reins to rein in? Haitian migrants down at the southern border? What I saw depicted about um, those individuals on horseback treating human beings the way they were is horrible. And um, I fully support what is happening right now, which is a thorough investigation into exactly what is going on there. Um, But human beings should never be treated that way. And I'm deeply troubled about it. And I'll also be talking with Secretary Mayor. I can't take it. Dan Crenshaw is here. Maybe he can take it longer than I can. He's more of a man. Uh, Congressman. I, how are you doing, Glenn? I, I, I mean, how do you do it? How do you do it? Well, I mean, what you just played is, is uh, a clip from Kamala Harris. is, is infuriating. I mean, look, I, I'm about to go as soon as we're done here. I'm going to go give a speech on the House floor. And the theme of this speech is let's all just stop pretending. Thank let's you. Let's stop pretending that, that Democrats even have, have any desire to secure the border because we, we all know they don't. I mean, we talk about this on, on shows like yours quite a bit. You know, because we're, we're asking ourselves why. Like, why, we, why would you engage in such bad policy? Um, you know, why would you, why would you take policy measure after policy measure that increases illegal immigration? And the answer is because that's exactly their goal. Uh, th- th- there's no other way to look at it. I mean, look, there's, I think there's a lot of people who want to give some of them the benefit of the doubt. Look, they're just, they're just bad at their jobs. I don't, you know, I don't agree. Uh, no way. But, but, but I think they do want this to happen um, because everything is so calculated. Everything is so deliberate. I mean, to throw your agents under the bus like that, do you have any idea what these border agents are going through every single day? Oh, you know, I, I, I th- th- that looks mild to me. What happened? What I saw in that video looks extremely mild to me. Now, granted, a bit of like deployments in the Middle East, that looks extremely mild to me. Um, but but by any standard, to be honest, especially when people are running across your border. And um, well, you know, the other thing I think we should stop pretending these people don't have an asylum claim. We should stop pretending they do, and they should be immediately deported. And um, it's 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 gone way too far. The abuses have gone on way too long. 
and it's got to stop. It's, uh, I'll tell you, Dan, it, it is, uh, I don't know where the GOP is, but the GOP has got to start standing up for the principles and the values that the American people, at least half of the American people hold. And that is, you know, we want to be fair. We want to be decent. I'm so sick and tired to be calling a uh, racist or really I'm a racist. Do you know how many people my organization is saving that are uh, uh, of browner skin than mine uh, that don't, you know, necessarily uh, come from our Western culture uh, that are not of the same religion as I am? Sh- shut up. These people are doing nothing on the left, and everything they're doing is actually hurting and enslaving the people they say they're helping. Do you think this is a good life for these people who are on the border? They've, they've now just sold everything, and many of them are being shipped to Haiti, a country they haven't seen in 10 years. Yeah, it, it, look, that, that's exactly right. And that actually gets to a, a deeper point about the immigration debate, one that conservatives need to use more often. Um, which is this. It's immoral, not not just because it's a, it's a threat to our sovereignty, which it is, but also because you're cutting the line. And uh, you know, that, that's like that's like that's like moral rule number one that you learn as a kid. You can't cut the line. Right. It makes you upset. Well, think about the millions of people around the world who have valid asylum claims. I mean, like the people you're talking about, that your organization uh, helped save in Afghanistan. These are people with valid asylum claims who are actually probably going to get killed by their new government. You, you just can't say the same of the people just rushing across our border. I mean, are, are they bad people? You know, I don't know. I don't think so. Not, not most of them are not. But they're breaking the law and they're cutting in front of people who are also good people, but also uh, in desperate need of our asylum uh, claims. So it's, it, it's really immoral. And, and look, I, mean, I, I think Republicans say that's I mean, Republicans just have no power. I mean, I, I have yet to hear any Republicans who who haven't spoken out against the border. Um, they have. It's just um, some of us have bigger platforms to do so. And we got to win elections. Look, I mean, we, we, we got to win elections. These, these things matter to an extraordinary degree. And um, look, we're looking, we're searching for ways in Texas that, that we can kind of subvert the federal authority here and enforce our own state sovereignty. And I, and I think Abbott is looking at every avenue to do that. I'm glad. Um, but it's not easy, you know, because it's not as easy as just, we'll send more National Guard. Well, National Guard is no jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. You can't just arrest people. I mean, it's, um, it, it, it's, it's really tough. I mean, what you see on that, on the Border Patrol, what the Border Patrol agents are doing in that video that Kamala Harris was, was um, you know, clutching her pearls about, what they're doing is they're, they're, they're trying to have a show of force. Abbott did this too. He sent a bunch of Texas DPS agents. Yep. Uh, Department of Public Safety agents to just show a show of force, knowing full well that if, if that group just quietly walks past them, they can't do anything about it. And um, that's that's the real crux of this problem. It's, it's a legal problem. And, and you know what? The other sad part is, Glenn, is it's so easy to fix. Um, reinstate migrant protection protocols that the Trump administration had in place. You know, build walls as much as you can, sure. But the, the, the real issue is disincentivizing crossing via good enforcement and via immediate deportation so that you remove the calculus that that these immigrants currently have which is well I'll probably get let loose and not even given a court date yeah. so hey let's give it a shot uh i have to thank you so much for uh for what you did in uh with pakistan for uh the afghanistan refuge uh, uh refugees it is 
It's crazy. I get a call and they said, Glenn, uh, can you reach out to the Pakistani prime minister? And I'm like, what? Why would he take my call? Apparently, he's a fan of some sort. And then as I'm getting into it, you had a fan uh, over there. And and between these two, uh, I, I guess these two leaders over there, uh, they actually they it was it was weird wasn't it you had to write a a a letter to i can't remember the name of the general he's um oh uh, hamid uh, yeah head head of the isi yeah yeah this is the pakistani intelligence service and uh you you wrote a letter and that was the thing that really helped turn the key we had the prime minister but then we needed general hamid and he was a huge fan of yours, and you wrote to him, and he turned the key. Yeah, it was an interesting turn of events, right? Um, and uh, I don't know why they're fans of ours, I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> I don't, I don't think either. I've ever said anything nice about um, Pakistan. You know, I know full well what we were dealing with in, in Afghanistan um, with Pakistan. They, but they, they, we've always had this sort of, like, interesting relationship with yeah. Pakistan, and which which is indicative of the messiness of, of foreign policy in the Middle East, right? Everybody wants to think it's good guys and bad guys, but it, it's never uh, it's never that simple. I will tell you, um, and, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for General Hamid and the uh, Prime Minister of Pakistan, though, uh, thousands would not be moving to safety. Now they have they have opened that door that only Pakistan could have opened. Yeah, and, and, and they deserve some, a lot of praise for that. Um, they went ahead and, and used their influence, and they have a lot uh, to make it happen when our administration here was just not doing it. And, and, and it, was, it was difficult to deal with the State Department on this because you know, you'll, you'll finally get a hold of, of somebody with some power, and they're like, look, we've been working on this the whole time. You know, we're, we're, we're definitely with you. And we're like, okay, well, that's, that sounds good. Um, you know, I don't think you've been working on it the whole time, but it sounds like at least you changed your mind. So, so let, that's great. You know, like I, I won't blast you on Twitter. Um, but that, but then, but then I'd come in and hear things from, from other groups, not necessarily yours, that, that they're still not getting planes out. And, and, and it's a complicated situation. I mean, sometimes there's a legitimate reason, um, you know, state department just couldn't verify who was on the plane. It, sometimes that was the case. But it was frustrating, and it just never felt like um, they were really taking it that seriously. And again, to, to your to your previous point, I, I I thought they were all about helping. Yeah, I thought they were all about yep. And, and yep. you know, we were hey, we're the racist. You know? I know, <laughs> and we're doing all the work. They're they're, they're, they're it's crazy. It's crazy. The, the, the truth the truth is is that Democrats are always more excited about getting people into the country that they that they believe they yep. can count on as a voter voter block. And like Afghans like aren't necessarily yeah, they're like it's definitely not obvious that they would vote Democrat and same with Cubans, Venezuelans. So they, yeah. they just have a less Puerto Ricans too. You know, n- n- notice they always call for uh, Washington D.C. state but not Puerto Rico. Right. You know why that is? Because Puerto Rico elects Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> Um, can I ask you one more question? Um, the army is coming out and talking about dishonorable uh, discharges for people who won't take the vaccine. Am I? Do I have that right? And if so, what can be done to stop dishonorable discharges from the military? That's not right. It, yeah, this is another infuriating thing. It's just they always have to take this too far. 
Look, I mean, look, I, I get it. And the military required to take vaccines. Um, we, we've been required to do it for a long time. Um, now, people have concerns about this one. And you're not going to erase those concerns by forcing it on them. And you're, you're certainly not going to erase, erase those concerns by, by also changing DOD policy. Now, this is where it gets bad. You know, I, I'm unaware of anybody ever being expelled dishonorably from the military um, for, for a normal vaccine refusal. And in normal vaccine refusals, in normal times, you know, you can apply for the religious exemption. They don't really care that much. Also, you know, if you're six months away from retirement, uh, you don't have to take your vaccines anymore. And um, they erased that waiver for COVID-19. Wow. Specifically. You know, so it's just these little things that are so unnecessary. And there's, but there's hundreds of people in the SEAL teams that just don't want to take it. Look, and my advice to them is, don't throw your career away for this. Like what they're doing is wrong, but don't throw your career away for this. Um, I, I have no evidence to suggest there's anything wrong with the vaccine, but there's a lot of smart people on this. So see, look, I'm a pro vaccine guy. I'm just completely anti mandate. Um, and you know, th there's gotta be a level of trust between the, the authorities and, and the people underneath those authorities. And th that trust has been broken a long time ago. And our DOD leadership just needs to recognize that just be good leaders and recognize that, look, you push too far, you're going to have a real, a real blow to force readiness because you're going to force so many people out. The people that you need, by the way, recruiting isn't that easy. You know, there's not that many people that are really both qualified and want to join the military. So we need everybody we can get. And you're just kicking people out. You know, what if they had previous immunity? Like, why isn't there a waiver for that? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we've had a very small number of service members die from COVID. Very, very small. Um, and it's not surprising as to why it's like the age group is like 18 to 45 and generally healthy. Yep. Uh, there's a good reason that you're not hu hugely at risk. And to call this our number one threat, I don't know. Well, I'm not saying no, no, global, that, no, they're, glo they're act global warming like is it. the number one threat. Global warming is. Oh, that, that's, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Our ships will sink if the sea levels rise. Yeah, that's right. so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Congressman Dan Crenshaw, thank you so much for being on with us. Appreciate it. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, I just want to throw a few things out here tonight uh, or today and, um, and get you ready for tonight's broadcast only on Blaze TV. Uh, if you were somebody who listened to me in 06 and 07, especially in 07, I was freaking out in 07. Do you remember uh, before the collapse? Like the, the few months before the collapse, I was desperate to find anyone who would verify or take it apart and say, no, Glenn. But everyone I met with, they would always get down to the argument of, you don't understand. There's so much money that is involved here, it, it, the systems will will hold it. It's not going to fall apart. And I'm like, I think you rely too much on these systems that no one can really explain. Uh, I think you're wrong. And in 07, hmm, freaking out a little bit and saying, please pay attention to what's going on. I feel exactly the same way, but it's not necessarily about the economy. It is about the economy, but uh, it's the whole thing this time. It's the whole thing. 
It is going to dramatically change all of our lives. And it is going to hit you financially like nothing will ever hit you. And it is it has happened two other times before in American history where we've changed our currency. And this is just one little piece of it. And generally speaking, every time that we have had to change our currency and go to like, for instance, the last time this happened was in the 20s. We went to the greenback. Once you do that and you change the old currency loses value and it's only worth about 60 cents for every dollar. So you'll lose 40 percent of your savings when it happens. And it is going to happen. And this is why they're talking about a digital dollar. The Fed is very clear. This is the way they're moving. They are right now trying to make sure they know everything that you are doing. If you put in or take out $600 at your bank, the federal government is going to be notified. Now, they say they're just going after the rich. But I know a lot of people that take $600 out of their bank account and are not rich. I know a lot of people that put $600 in their bank account and, and put it in and they're not rich. Take it out and they're not rich. I mean, when you're moving $100,000, $200,000, you know, then I could say, oh, you're probably pretty rich. $600? Again, it's about control. I want you to understand that your your country has fundamentally changed. You are no longer living in the country that we all thought we were living in. And I think you know that by now. When the when the National Archives say that our founding documents are racist and they need trigger warnings, what happens? What's the next step? There's only two steps to go from there. You say, you know, that was a crazy time, right? Right? When we were burning all the art and the books. Oh, we were stupid. That's one. The other one is, well, we knew they were offensive. We got to just get rid of them. Just put them away. They're too offensive. We're not doing that anymore. If your government and your archives are now saying that your founding documents are racist and offensive... How much longer will they be? They may be preserved forever. But how much longer will they be in use? You can't say something is racist and offensive. And then still use it. They are walking us to an edge. The latest is now the. The airlines should shame the frequent flyers. If you used to fly with the airlines and you had a lot of air miles, you would get perks. Everything is up. That was down. The entire world is inside out. Now they're saying we should shame the frequent flyers, not give them perks. Now, this takes everything that we know about business and turns it upside down. Why did the airlines say frequent flyer programs? Because they knew people were traveling and they wanted them to travel on their airlines. They wanted the money because it helped their airline. 
if you are saying don't fly on airlines, how do those airlines not become Aeroflot? How do those airlines continue to innovate and give you great service if they are telling people not to fly? Well, they need to tell people not to fly because that's the only way they'll get their little green stamp from the government because air travel is so bad. They're upset that Easter uh, this last year was up 800% from the year before. Well, of course it was up 800% from the year before. Nobody was going anywhere the Easter before last. And so it's up 800%. That's bad for the environment. So what is that going to do? Well, that's going to mean that we have fewer choices in airlines. Now, they say that they're not getting rid of air travel, but I'm guaranteeing you air travel will go back to the way it was in the 1960s, which is kind of nice. You know, fly me to the moon. When that was happening, it was a jet setting kind of thing that I'm going to I'm going to take you down to the beaches, baby, and we're going to go with a with the jet setters. It was for the rich. It was for the famous. You got dressed up. It's going to be that way again. You're not going to get dressed up, but it's going to be that way again. For the sake of the planet. Now, what does that do? In some ways, it might be a good thing because maybe our families will stay together. Because if you can't fly, and of course your evil car is going to cost you $8 a gallon in gasoline, you're also not going to drive very much. That's just two things. That's the price of gas and the idea that we shouldn't travel as much by air. Think how much that's going to change our lives, all of our lives. This is just one thing. And let me go a little deeper on that one thing. Right now, the banks, Citibank has just gotten on board with BlackRock, where they are no longer going to give anyone a loan that is building any kind of fossil fuel plant to be able to create energy. Now, I don't know if the geniuses, and they do, I don't know if the geniuses have figured this out or thought of it, but when you are going to an all-electric car, all-electric vehicle-based economy, you're going to need more electricity, not less. Tonight, I'm going to show you the five categories that made America great. And I'm not talking about, well, I am kind of. I'm not talking about America is great because America is good, although that does play a role. I'm talking about what made the United States of America the powerhouse that it always was. Because in the 20th century, something happened. And we became the powerhouse. And it's very clear what those things were. And right now, all five of them are being dismantled. And, and I mean dismantled in an, in an epic uh, pattern. 
Inflation is out of control. You know it, and I know it. You can't get the goods and services that you've always counted on. Do you know that there was a time before COVID that one ship in the port of Los Angeles, one ship waiting was a big deal? Okay, they can move these ships through the ports like crazy. One ship waiting was a big deal. And that was usually uh, cleared, you know, within a day. There are now 73 ships, cargo ships, off the coast of California waiting to dock. The docks are all screwed up. COVID, they don't have enough people to work, yada, yada, yada. That's why you can't get anything. There's 73 ships waiting to put things on to our ground that you might be waiting for right now. I'm sorry, but I don't believe all of this is happening just because of COVID. The government is playing a role in keeping people off of work. They want UBI. And they also want to train you not to work. That it's easier just to stay home. We can't play into that. They're also doing everything they can to hurt farmers. I'm going to show you what they're doing to farmers tonight that I believe, I truly believe, and I don't mean just farmers here in America. I mean farmers all around the world. This is happening on a global scale. I truly believe this idea that they have and are implementing now is as dangerous as Mao's five-year plan, which caused China to starve to death. I believe by 2030, if we don't wake up and start standing up as a people and going, whoa, 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 whoa. No, my elected official never put that into law. If we don't start standing up and demanding that these agencies are under control, I believe global starvation will hit epic, epic levels by 2030. So what can you do? Tonight, I'm going to show you the scenario of the five categories. It is the plan to make not only the United States, but every country that's not already Venezuela, Venezuela. It is the epic takedown of the West. And I'll give you some things that you must do to prepare. That's tonight at 9 o'clock on blazetv.com slash Beck. blazetv.com slash Beck. It's worth joining just for tonight's show. You will get information that I don't think you're going to get anywhere else. Uh, and in a few weeks, we have a, we have a COVID special that I guarantee you, you will not get anywhere else. And if we do anything that you find worthy, please join us. We need your support. Uh, it's blazetv.com slash Glenn. And the promo code is Glenn. Okay, thank you. The best of the Glenn Beck program. So, Stu, uh... I wish I could say I was puzzled by this uh, report now 
about the Wuhan scientists planning to release coronavirus particles into a cave of bats. Um, but I'm not. And the only reason why I'm not is because I'm working on a show that's coming out in October. And I knew this particular piece of this uh, about two weeks ago and couldn't get the couldn't get the evidence uh, to it uh, safely. Let's put it that way. They planned to create a chimeric virus genetically enhanced to infect humans more easily. Now, this is 18 months before the first COVID-19 case appears. Researchers had submitted plans to release skin-penetrating nanoparticles and aerosols containing uh, novel chimeric spike proteins of bat coronaviruses into cave bats in China. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, that kind of explains why we think this might be aerosol. And if it is aerosol, that means that space doesn't matter. Time matters. It doesn't matter if you're six feet away. What matters is how long, how long has it been since somebody else who might have had it been in the area? If it's aerosol, which, by the way, I don't believe... I don't believe nature creates. If it's an aerosol, it's just hanging in the air for a long period of time. That's why you could get it and space six feet apart doesn't mean it doesn't make any difference at all. Doesn't make any difference. How long has it been since that has been exposed in this area? So anyway, these scientists, 18 months before, they uh they went to DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. You know, DARPA. And they said, hey, we'd like to do this experiment and we'd like your funding and your help. And DARPA looked at it and went, uh, I don't think so. DARPA. I think that's where most of our biggest brains are hanging out. And they said, no. That's when Fauci decides to get involved. Uh, it is. Uh, you're going to be you won't be shocked. Uh, but you will be horrified at the truth about the coronavirus. You will understand the world will make complete sense to you. All of a sudden you'll be like, oh, OK. Oh, that's why that was happening. Oh, okay. I got that. You won't understand. You won't get all of the facts yet uh, because a thorough investigation needs to happen, but it probably will not. But maybe we can crack that open a bit. We have a special coming in October that you don't want to uh, miss. I wish I could give it to you now, but it is so complex and we have to have this thing so buttoned up. Every word that comes out of my mouth has to be exactly right. Or we'll be in trouble. Mm, we'll be in big trouble. You'll, um, you'll understand when you see it. Um, 
Did you see, Stu, Chief James Craig leads Gretchen Whitmer by six points? <laughs> it's not surprising that people would be a little tired of the whole Gretchen Whitmer thing in in Michigan. You mean her success? Her incredible success mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. any, not all, totally no hypocrisy mm-hmm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michigan, I think, was one of the... I think one of the hardest hit states when it came to really irrational COVID restrictions and you know, people really did not. Uh, well, it depends on what you that. say is irrational. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, like the Emmys, that wasn't irrational. No, they can all totally gather fine. in that room and they can all be having dinner together. They can all be laughing and talking and nobody has to wear a mask because they're entertainers. Now, where do you find where do you find that to be irrational? Yeah, I know. It doesn't see, it seems like for whatever reason these cities and states have decided to have cutouts for people who are famous mm-hmm. or play musical instruments or play sports or are politicians or well, or are politicians. Mm-hmm. Do we have we don't happen to have I did a Have you heard the full excuse from the San Francisco mayor on why she was caught in a nightclub without a mask? The we had it on my show the other night. Um, it, it you is, know what's just crazy is you say, <laughs> did you hear the crazy explanation <laughs> from the San Francisco mayor being caught? And then you follow it in a nightclub without a mask. I, you know, usually right. it's like, who knows what caught in be. some dungeon wearing a leather mask. <laughs> uh, that may have happened later in the yeah, evening. I mean, but that that's how crazy things have been being caught in a nightclub within without a mask. Here she is. I was there, I was eating, and I was drinking, and I was sitting with my friends, Mm -hmm. and everyone who came in there was vaccinated. So the fact that we have turned this into a story about being maskless, no, I'm not going to sip and put my mask on. Sip and put my mask on. Stop for a second. That's exactly what they tell you to do Mm -hmm. on an an airplane every time you fly. Yes. Ever since Joe Biden got in, he changed all the regulations of what they need to say Mm -hmm. on the airplane. They say you need to take a sip and then put your mask back on, put, take a bite, put your mask back on, and chew. So that is specifically something we're all supposed to be doing on airplanes. But she's in a nightclub with much poorer ventilation and is okay with that. But she has not told you the real reason okay, why okay, yet. Okay, all right, okay. Because, I okay. mean, you might say, like, there are extenuating circumstances, right? Uh, yeah, Things she, can happen where maybe you would she not wear a mask. was... Um she was mugged and all they stole was her mask it could be that could be what if it was the most exhilarating circumstance you could possibly imagine like the most exciting thing possible occurred and it just made you forget all of the rules she was a chippendales dancer and i don't think i don't think again i don't the gender thing's difficult these days but i I think chippendales were men right well oh my gosh you're such a sexist let me hear what she had to say I had a good time at the Black Cat. Okay. And I think it's sad that um, this is even a story. She had a good time. Um, The fact is um, there was something that was really um, monumental Monumental. that occurred. Mm -hmm. And that is is. Tony, 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 Mm -hmm. the original members, the brothers, Raphael Sadiq. And Dwayne Wiggins, oh. who have not performed mm. in public for, I believe, at least over 20 years. Wow. They are just really 
um, some of the most incredible artists mm. in the history of this country and the Bay Area in particular. Right. And the fact that that is getting lost here is very unfortunate. Now, stop. Okay. Because I, that's, okay. All right. That, All right. You All have right. to understand, Glenn. This is the... Tony, Tony, Tony. Tony, Tony, Tony. One with a Y, one with an I, one with an E. Tony, Tony, Tony. Right. They were back together... Oh, I, now, that, America, why is the media covering that? America has been waiting <laughs> for Tony, Tony, Tony. I know. It was monumental. Because I remember Tony, Tony, Tony. I remember now, Tony, 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 and I was a DJ at the time, and you give me a hint on what their one hit might have been called. I'm looking here. Feels good? Is that the hint, or is that the name of the song? Because I... That's the name of the song. Thank Feels you. good? Feels good. Do we have a clip of that, sir? Feels good? Feels good. I, I do I, remember Tony, Tony, Tony largely because of the, they spelled it three different ways. Mm-hmm. Y, I, and E at the end of Tony, Tony, Tony. Mm-hmm. But I could not remember any of the songs. Songs? <laughs> you think they had songs? They had one. It was just one, It right? was just one hit, yeah. And when I say hit, I should say Hit? You're calling that a hit? It feels good was the first group uh, group's first single to breach the top 10 in the Billboard Top 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's what people say that hit number 10. Right. You yeah. The, yeah, you yeah. Don't, if you got to number 4, you yeah, say the top, yeah, the top five. 5. Yeah, right. <laughs> as possible. Uh, is then this, as it becomes easier for Don't remember this part. Well, this is yeah. Or as needed. The lead up. Now, can you remember you think about this? You're in a San Francisco club, and you have a mask on, but you're not going to leave it on for this. You're just no, going to... No, because you're... This is the moment you get up. I'm still trying to recognize I this I still song. don't recognize don't it. Don't recognize it. Uh, still don't. Pretty long. But I'm long, thinking to myself... But I am thinking to myself that I'm in a nightclub. And all of a sudden, they say, Ladies and gentlemen, Tony, Tony, Tony! 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 Are there they, lyrics and in they song? still don't come okay. out. They still don't come out. But you're just screaming. You're on your feet screaming. And you think, you think I don't recognize the song. Are you sure this is the right song? It sounds like the right era, but I no, think this is not sound familiar right. at all. Go, go deeper into that. That's got to be. No, I mean. I, I don't think I've ever heard the song in my life. So, no, I've never no. heard this song. Stop. This was this is a this was a, a mistake in history. Okay. Oh, well, you're talking about Raphael Sadiq. Yeah, but he and wasn't. Jim McGuffins. They didn't bring, they didn't bring in Raphael Sadiq. Raphael Sadiq and he Terrence came with McCubbers. them with the other Tony and the other Tony. I, she only mentions two Tonys, by the way. This is another issue what I have with this statement. She only mentions the two Tonys. Which neither one of them are named Tony. We should we should note that Raphael but Sadiq. That's that. <laughs> Sadiq. That's uh, Tony is short for Sadiq. Tony is short for Sadiq. And it's I a different culture, that. you know. Anthony, Anthony, Tony. Right. Tony. I kind of thought it would be okay. like you know a band you'd listen at to at like you know, like they're playing like Italian music, but no. No, Tony, um, Tony, 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 we, Tony, Tony, eh? Can we hear the rest of her statement? Because there's still more. She's she has oh, she's, other things got other... you need to know. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. About Tony, Tony, Tony. People followed up somehow. A trumpeter. Maurice Mobetta Brown. Mobetta Brown, who mm-hmm. is just phenomenal. These mm-hmm. incredible musicians. Incredible. Who performed. 
She's and still going on about Tony, really Tony, Tony, by the way. the spirits of not just myself, <laughs> but all of the people who were there. Okay. I was sitting oh my at gosh. my table. This is craziness. I don't know about you and whether or not you know who Raphael Sadiq <laughs> and Dwayne Wiggins are. <laughs> Dwayne Wiggins. But I don't know about you, but... If you know who they are, if you know who they are, I don't care where you're sitting. You're gonna get up yeah. and start dancing. My drink was sitting at the table. A drink at the table. I got That's up and okay. started dancing because I was feeling the spirit. Oh, yeah, the spirit. and I wasn't thinking about a mask. Oh, Preach on. she wasn't. She wasn't thinking about a mask. Glenn. No, she, she was feeling the spirit. She wasn't thinking about a mask. Right now, I haven't heard that excuse be accepted. By the CDC? By the CDC. Yeah. Or any airline? Dr. Fauci now is like, look, unless you're feeling the spirit, obviously, if Tony, Tony, (laughs) Tony is playing. It is the Tony, Tony, Tony clause. It is. Yeah, it is. Of the Constitution. Not of the Constitution. That's ridiculous. Of the CDC rules and regulations. You know, it's like you have a bad case of Ebola. Do not walk into a crowd Unless you hear Tony, Tony, Tony. Right. Uh, you know, look, we're going to have to triple mask your two-year-old. Right. Who may also be feeling the spirit right. uh, somehow. But if it's not Tony, Tony, Tony related, then right. I'm sorry the kid right. can't breathe. That's the way it works. I'm so sorry. We're going to mask your two-year-old. But if the f- freaking mayor of San Francisco decides indoors in a nightclub that tony 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 moves her Could it soul be? wait a minute could it be that your soul is moved by frank dino and sammy okay i okay. don't think so it's tony tony no. tony can't be frank dino and sammy no, no. i will say this wow that's that's oh, i'm sorry that was probably white oppression although sammy davis jr was black and mm. jewish I, the, I don't know. The only thing that makes know. sense here is if you start hearing Tony, Tony, Tony music, you take your mask off because you'd rather have COVID. You'd then listen to another beat If I were in San Francisco, Tony, Tony, honest Tony. to God, if I were in San Francisco, mm-hmm. I would get one of those little teeny tape players, you know, that, you know, usually used to spy on people, <laughs> yeah. I guess. It's the only reason why you have them. You're the a mini spy. Cassette, yeah, yeah. yeah, mini cassette. Mm-hmm. So I'd have one of those. And every time, every time somebody would ask me, sir, where's your mask? I would just... I'd have that right there. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm the spirit moving. Spirits move me right uh, now. Tony. Talk to the mayor. <laughs> she I mean, do you know who Raphael Sadiq is? Yeah. You ever hear of Dwayne Carruthers or uh, or I can't I don't, I don't know why I can't get the other that name one. Right. You gotta get Mo, the other Mo Better Brown? Uh, Mo Better Brown. Now Mo Better Brown. He's a trumpetist. Trumpet- trumpeteer. Trumpeteer. He's a trumpeteer. Trumpeteer. He's a trumpeteer. I'm not sure trumpeteer is <laughs> any better than trumpetist. <laughs> na, 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 na.